And welcome to another segment of the PBL Podcast, Politics and Brown Liquor. Hey, you've not heard me mention my trusted canine, Woody, because Woody's not with me today. Woody went with my wife to take my son to school. He loves going to school. So Woody is not here. It's just you and I having a conversation. So this segment, it's Tuesday. Let's talk some polling. There's not a whole lot of changes in polling, but we need to talk polling and we need to keep a focus on those battleground states. And that is where I'm going to talk about. I don't talk about the national poll, but if you want to talk about the national poll, I guess we could. Biden's up 7%. What does that mean? It doesn't mean anything at this point in time. Remember, the national poll is useless because it's not what wins elections. That is the electoral college. So if you look at all of the states right now, you really want to put your attention on the battleground states. So let's go through battleground states one by one, see where we're at, discover if, hey, is Biden in trouble? Is Trump in trouble? Have we had a lot of changes? Let's start with Wisconsin. There's been a lot of news in Wisconsin. Right now, Biden is up 6.3 in Wisconsin. Now, you're going to hear a lot on the left talking about how Biden's leading the polls. You know, forget the national polls. Again, they're worthless. It's all about the battleground states. And you're going to hear he's up in all the battleground states. You know what? He is. He is up in all the battleground states. But you have to look at historical data. Wisconsin, Trump won Wisconsin in 2016 by 0.7%. It was Wisconsin, Michigan, and Pennsylvania that put him over the top. So those three states, he still needs to win. And then, of course, there's Florida, which is always a pivotal state. But what's not listed here, and I'm getting these numbers from real clear politics, by the way, is Ohio. And that's because Ohio is trending Trump right now. So, But let's focus on the battleground states that real clear politics puts out, Wisconsin. It's got Biden up 6.3%. Now, a lot has happened in Wisconsin recently. You've got the shootings that's happened, the riots that have happened. And honestly, it's helped Biden just a little bit. Right now, he's up, as I said, 6.3%. Uh, just uh, September 10th, he was up 65 so he's dropped a little bit. But in September 4th, Biden was up 44 uh, In August 27th, Biden was up 3.5%. So he has strengthened his lead in Wisconsin in the last few days. Now, he's dropped a little bit uh, September 9th, 11, and 12. He's dropped just slightly, but... And, and Trump has ticked up just slightly. But you got to look at, all right, let's look at some historical data. Remember, keep in mind, Biden was up or is up in Wisconsin. This is an average. He's up 6.3%. So if we look at this same time uh, in the 2016 election, when election day came, Clinton was up 6.5%. And Trump won it by 0.7. So the trend is still in Trump's favor. If you go by the trends, Clinton was performing better in Wisconsin at this point in time. She was up about 7%, 8%, 8% than Biden is right now. And Clinton, going into Election Day, was up 6.5%, and Trump won it by 0.7%. So we're talking another razor-thin state. So, but Wisconsin still, the trend still looks good for Trump. Now, here's what hasn't happened yet. We haven't had the debates. Now, if you watch any of these speeches with Biden recently, he did one yesterday. He was in a field in uh, Delaware while Trump was flying to California. And his speech was just atrocious. I mean, his delivery was just, there was no energy. He was trying to be, motiv I, don't, I don't know what he's trying to do. He was trying to, you know, 
invoke a lot of emotion and a lot of angst, but it just came across as a man who's trying to, and he just looks straight at the camera. So we're, when we see, the more we see of Biden, I think the more we're going to see the polls start to drop. And the debates, first one is, I think, September 29th, 28th or 29th. How is he going to perform at those debates? That is what's going to be very, very interesting. So right now, Wisconsin, it's still trending positive for Trump's, but it's razor thin. Well, let's talk about Michigan. Right now, Biden is up in Michigan 4.2%, uh, but he won Michigan last go around in 2016 by 0.3%. Now, another you know disturbing trend in Michigan. Biden, in the last day or two, has ticked up a little bit. Uh, he's up, like I said, 4.2%. In September 2nd, he was up 2.6%. So Biden's ticked up. Trump's ticked down. It's just recently in the last couple of days you've seen this happen. So, And Biden's been in Michigan. So obviously campaigning in the state helps. If you remember, Clinton didn't campaign in these three states. So the Democrats are not going to make that same mistake again. Now, this same time in the last election cycle, Clinton was up 5%, uh, consistently up 5%. So Michigan, you've got Biden trending a little better than Michigan. Michigan? Well, maybe not. Maybe they're still flat because Biden's up 4.2%. Clinton was up 5% at this time. So Michigan is still razor thin, just like Wisconsin. I think you're going to see these candidates going more and more to Michigan, uh, especially Trump, obviously, because Trump's got the stamina. He's got the energy. It's going to be curious to watch if Biden can keep up. Now, the other state, Pennsylvania, Trump won Pennsylvania in 2016 by 0.7%. And right now, Biden is up. 4.3%. And you got the same trend in the last couple of days where Biden, his gap ticks up just a little bit. Uh, just a couple of days ago on September 6th, he was 3.2%. On September 8th, 4.1%. So Biden's ticked up a little bit. Trump has ticked down a little bit. But let's look at where we were in 2016 at the same time. So at this same time in 2016, Clinton was up 1%, 2%, 3%. So Biden is trending better in Pennsylvania. And this is, you know, he's the Scranton boy. Apparently he's from Pennsylvania, although he's only there as a child. So what we have right now, Pennsylvania, Michigan, and Wisconsin are again razor thin. But Michigan is trending better for Biden than it was just last week. So is it worrisome? Hard to say at this point in time. I believe that once the debates happen, uh, if Biden's performance is what we see now in his delivery for his speeches, I think it's all over for Biden. But if he can have a passable performance, then Trump needs to be worried. Now, Florida, Biden's up 1.2%. Remember the Trafalgar group that I mentioned? They're one of the best pollsters out there. They called Michigan last time. They got him up 3%. So Trump won Florida by 1.2%. That's where Biden is right now in Florida, up 1.2%. And this time, last cycle for Clinton, she was up about, she was up 5%, 3%, 4%. So Biden is not outperforming Clinton's trends for the 2016 election. So Florida still looks good for Trump. And that, by the way, that gap has closed up significantly, significantly. In September 1, Biden had a three and a half point lead over Trump. And right now he's got a 1.2 lead. So Trump has closed the gap in Florida. 
pretty significantly. His numbers have gone up quite a bit. So Florida's looking really good. The trends for Florida should be good for Trump or are good for Trump right now. Another state that they throw out as a battleground state is North Carolina. North Carolina, Biden is up 0.3%. Now they're the Trafalgar group. Again, that's the, that's the better pollster out there. It has Trump up 2%. And you've also seen Biden drop significantly recently. Again, uh, Biden is only up 0.3%. In September 10th, Biden was up one and a half percent. So North Carolina has swung pretty far. I mean, North Carolina was one that I called out a few weeks ago saying, all right, uh, you know, even though Trump won it last time, the numbers look a little worrisome, but they've swung back into Trump's favor. Um, this time last year uh, is pretty much the same poll or not last year, but last election cycle, you pretty much had the same polling right now. Trump was up and it turn and on election day uh i'm sorry that's wrong i'm looking at the wrong numbers sorry about that i didn't click on the 2016 uh trump won 2016 north carolina by 2.7 percent or 3.7 percent on election day trump was up one percent this time same time last cycle clinton was up she wasn't up by much but she was up you got one percent one percent and then late september she jumps up to six percent so the trend in north carolina also looks very very favorable to Donald Trump. Then we've got Arizona. Now, Arizona, um, Trump won Arizona in 2016 by 3.5%. And right now, Biden is up over Trump by 4.7%. But again, trends ticking up. In uh, Back in September 11th, Biden was up, I'm sorry, September 10th, Biden was up 5.7%. Now he's up 4.7%. So the trend is going towards Trump for Arizona as well. So let's see if you look at 2016, where were we? In 2016, around this time, was a tie. Uh, so this is one, Arizona is one of those states. I've called out Arizona before as one to worry about. So the trends right now are razor thin. Yeah, I'm not gonna predict who's gonna win, although I have, I do believe Trump will win this. But right now, these trends are razor thin. Florida looks good. But the rest of the states in these um, battlegrounds, well, North Carolina looks good, but Wisconsin, Michigan, Pennsylvania, Arizona, they're razor thin. Those are the states. These are the states that we're going to see candidates campaigning in quite a bit. So you're going to wa watch, watch what happens. Now, what I'm curious about is Biden, because right now Biden, he, he gave a speech um, yesterday. But he gave a speech in his backyard. He, he didn't travel. He basically went to a field and gave a speech about the California wildfires. While, while he was giving the speech, Trump was heading to California. Then Trump headed to Arizona. So Trump is out on the field campaigning where Biden is staying close to home. And Biden did the same thing that he's been doing is there's basically reporters there and there's nobody there. He doesn't answer questions. I don't know how long that can be sustained on a presidential campaign. He's going to have to take questions and more rigorous questions. Otherwise, people are going to start looking at him as weak. So if his performance that we're seeing right now maintains through the next we have 50 days or so to the election, uh, he, he's, his polling is going to get worse and worse and worse uh, because he's just, in fact, when he, he didn't take questions on the speech he gave yesterday. He just hurried off the stage. Now, there's a theory to why he's doing that, by the way. 
the theory is that he's taken medications to offset the cognitive decline, the, the Alzheimer's, if you will. And it makes you have to pee. So he's got to get off that stage because he's got to go to the bathroom. Even though this is a presidential election, there are many more candidates on the ballot besides the president. So go to Ballot Ready for a nonpartisan guide to your entire ballot. From there, you can compare candidates based on the stances on issues, biography, or endorsements, and then save your choice to use when you vote by mail or in the voting booth. You can even request your absentee ballot or make a plan to vote early or on Election Day. This election matters. So make sure you are ready and you vote and you vote informed. So visit go to ballot.org, enter your address to make sure that you vote and vote informed. I don't know if it's true. I'm just saying what I'm, what people are saying online. So if Biden cannot improve his performance or if his performance stays consistent, what we're seeing right now, or if even it gets worse, I just don't see how the American people are going to have confidence in him as a leader. Because if you elect Joe Biden right now, from what we see, you're not getting Joe Biden. You're getting whomever it is that Joe Biden has as his cabinet, as his people behind the scenes. Because personally, I don't think Joe Biden right now is even running his own campaign. He's just doing what he's told and reading the teleprompter. And yes, with that speech he gave, there was a huge teleprompter there. Hardly anybody there. You saw some wide shots of the teleprompter. All he's reading is a monitor. And he doesn't go off script because he can't. So it looks really, really bad for him right now. But... Hey, I've been saying for a while now, is it a big head fake? Is this the, is, is Biden pulling one over on us? Is he going to come out of these debates and just blow everybody away because they'll have a passable performance, maybe slightly more than a passable performance? I don't know. I don't know at this point in time. It's just, this is a crazy election season. Uh, we also read that Trump and his campaign team has suspended uh, television uh, ads and, you know, and now he's doing more in-person rallies, whereas Biden has increased his ad buys and Biden has a ton of money coming in. So, you know, this election is still up in the air. And until we can see something definitive happen, whether it be in the polls or whether it be in performances, it's hard to say. And I believe it's going to be the debates if the debates happen. Now, then you've got, you know, my previous segment talk about the black vote. If the Democrats lose 24%, 20% of the black vote to Trump, it's over for him. I mean, it's just over. And again, you know, as I mentioned, is this going to be the year? You know, the Democrats have been taking advantage of the black vote for generations or decades, just like the Republicans did before him. Is this the year it switches back? I mean, if you look at history, it switched pretty quickly back in the 1930s. I mean, it switched almost in one election. Same thing can happen. All right, let's go over a couple of um, some Twitter Twitter stories, just random stories on Twitter that I found. Did you hear this one? Remember Lieutenant Colonel Vidman? You know, he's the one who originally leaked the Ukraine improper call and, you know, that started the whole impeachment process. Remember that? Well, he's come out and say he is a never Trumper. What? <laughs> like, is there anybody... <coughs> Who believed he was for Trump? I mean, who cares? I mean, the guy comes out as a never Trumper. Well, duh, collectively, everybody, let's say it together, duh, who didn't see that one coming? Oh, please. What is, why does this man want to retain some kind of relevance? What, what is the point of him getting into the um, 
the media and, and oh, I'm never a Trumper now. Dude, you were never a Trumper before. Did you also see this? Uh, Kamala Harris finally getting on the campaign trail. Finally, because we haven't seen her on the campaign trail, is she accidentally touts plans under a quote unquote Harris administration along with Joe Biden. Huh? She actually said that under whatever plan she was touting, it doesn't matter. I think it's more matters more. She said under a Harris administration along with Joe Biden. That was a quote unquote from Kamala Harris. So just another one of those things is like, what? So I wonder. Uh, and here's what she, here's a quote. A Harris administration together with Joe Biden as the president of the United States, she said, she quickly clarified, the Biden-Harris administration will provide access to $100 billion in low interest loans and investments from minority business owners. So, yeah, you think she's got power on the mind? Uh-huh. Or, or, oh gosh, this is going to fuel speculation. This is going to fuel people going, see, we told you, it's just going to be Harris as the, uh, she's going to be the president. Yeah, that's what they do. They got it all set up. They got it all planned. Uh, I, you know, I wish I could believe that, but at this point in time, I, I don't think the Democrats can plan their way out of um, a paper bag. It's just the, they're just so all over the place. So uh, I wonder though what Harris knows, and you know, obviously she's she's in the behind the scenes of the campaign. She has to be seeing what's happened to Joe Biden. She has to see his cognitive abilities has declined. She has to see this. We haven't seen too much of her until the other day when she she does this, and she has a gaffe. And you know, I don't, you know, all politicians gaffe. I'm not giving her uh, cracking on it. I just think it's kind of funny. All right, did you hear this story? And okay, I'm going to move around pretty quick here. Florida Democrat Andrew Gillum comes out as bisexual. You remember this guy? He was the one who almost became the governor of Florida. I mean, lost by a razor thin margin to uh, DeSantis, and then um, a few months ago was caught in that hotel with a. Uh, a hooker doing meth or whatever kind of drugs, naked, butt naked. And now he's come out. This is from Out Magazine. I don't identify as gay, but I do identify as bisexual. And that is something I've never shared publicly before. Andrew, we knew this, okay? This isn't a revelation, Andrew. Now, if you don't want to be out route gay, that's fine, Andrew. But, you know, if you go one route, you go the other route. But I love how... He won't even identify as gay. So he's like saying to the gay population, well, yeah, I do like to play around with you guys, but I'm not one of you. I am bisexual. What does his wife think about this? Mm. Yeah. So, all right. So you cheated on your wife with a male homosexual prostitute while doing a lot of drugs. Uh, it would have been different if it was a woman. You're still cheating on your wife. Uh, the article, as far as I can tell, here's... Gillum is married to his wife, R.J. Gillum, and previously served as mayor of Tallahassee. In 2018, he lost Florida's gubernatorial race with less than half a percent. So, you know, I wonder how his wife feels about all this. Hey, honey, I uh, just wanted to let you know I'm not gay. Um, bye. <laughs> Doesn't that sound better? <laughs> uh, all right, Andrew. Own it, buddy. Own it. Own it. Own it. All right. How about this one? Quick take. Mayor de Blasio, New York City mayor. He's canceling Thanksgiving. Yep, yep. Now, I just, I just, Mayor Bill de Blasio cancels iconic Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade and says it will remain as a virtual event. Uh, okay, yeah, the whole coronavirus thing, we got it, we got it. But you know what Macy's is probably thinking right now? Macy's is probably thinking, oh, thank goodness. 
because Macy's spent millions of dollars on this. And Macy's, if you don't know, has been struggling for quite some time. So uh, yeah, this canceling Thanksgiving Day Parade is a big benefit for Macy's because now they don't have to pay for it all. And I'm sure they you know, had sponsors and all that. I get how it all works, but I still think at this point in time, Macy's is probably having a big collective. But, 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 this is an iconic event. It's been happening for what, generations? And for the first time ever, no Macy's Day Parade on Thanksgiving in New York City? That's kind of unprecedented, isn't it? So we're gonna watch a virtual one. So we'll just put a virtual, you know, like all those virtual baseball games and football games and all that kind of stuff. And by the way, did you hear the NFL? They, they, they had their opening season, 28% ratings decline, 28%. Are you paying attention yet, NFL? Have you noticed that your business model is starting to struggle? You're a business. You're an entertainment business. And when you piss off a large swatch of your base, your viewing base, you're going to lose some money. Now, here's how it works. Most of you probably know this. The, the teams make money several different ways. Uh, their main revenue streams are through television rights. They sell these television rights. So the television entities, whether it be ABC, NBC, CBS, Fox, whatever it is, pays to show the game so they can run commercials on the game and the commercials pay them money. That's how this all works. And then the other revenue stream for the uh, professional sports are obviously attendance. And then there's merchandising and all that kind of stuff. I'm sure there's tons of revenue streams, but their main revenue streams are television money, ad, ad revenue, and attendance. Well, the attendance is obviously off the table right now because they're, they're doing virtual attendance. So there's a huge, huge chunk of change that's just not coming into their pocket. And now you've got a 28% decline in viewership. Now, what that leads to is ad revenue drops. Because now the let's say it's CBS and I don't know who who plays who who airs this. <coughs> I don't follow sports, so I don't care. But let's say it's CBS. So CBS now the ad. Uh, let's say it's Budweiser. Budweiser goes to CBS and say, "Hey, let's negotiate our ad rates. Uh, your ratings are down twenty eight percent. So we're not going to pay what we paid last year. We're going to pay less because your ratings are down." because fewer people are watching. That's how it works. So that's how <coughs> you defund the NFL by not watching it. I've had people say that to me, oh, defund the media. Ha, ah, you can't defund the media. Absolutely, you can defund the media. By not watching them, your eyeballs don't go to their ad dollars. And when your eyeballs drop off, they're not getting as many ad dollars. And the overhead cost of running these businesses are astronomical. Think about how much it costs, the overhead costs to manage an NFL team. You got all those player salaries. You got all the, the support structure salaries. I mean, it's a, a fortune to own an NFL team that goes into costs. So those costs are all in there to drive revenue up because it's a for-profit business. It's a business. And I never understand entertainers and athletes and all them that don't understand it. This is a business that you run. And if you piss off a large swatch of your base or your viewers and they stop watching you, you're going to lose money. 
So I just, it boggles the mind, boggles the mind, but it continues to happen. So anyway, thanks for listening to this segment of the PBL podcast. It is a shorter segment and I appreciate all of your listenership more than I can ever let you know. Again, please help out the podcast by liking, sharing, uh, rate us five stars and move us along. We're moving up in the algorithm and we just keep growing and growing. And I would love to hear from you. If I'm doing a horrible job, I really want to hear that. You can email me at the PBL, the PBL podcast at gmail.com. And I do interact with anybody and everybody who interacts with me. I love interacting with people. So I do it all the time online. I'm on Twitter at the PBL podcast. I'm on TikTok at the PBL podcast, uh, Facebook, the PBL podcast. Uh, you actually can find me on Facebook with my name, E Vandervliet. You can just look up E and I'm right there. And I love, love, love to interact with people because I want to hear what you're thinking and that helps move this forward because if you got a topic that I should cover or one that I'm wrong on that's what I really want and if you got an idea for a show or you want to be on the show or you know somebody who may benefit that should be on the show let me know again the PBL podcast at gmail.com thanks for listening and have a great great week we're only 50 some days maybe less than 50 days of this recording 49, 50 days until the election. Ooh, it's getting close. It's getting close. Bye-bye.